All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What's happening? I am Mark Marin. This is my podcast. How's it going? Today on the show, look at me setting up the show properly. Today on the show, Lee Daniels, the uh, director, producer, writer of uh, Empire, The Butler, uh, Monsters Ball. He, he's uh, he's going to be here. We, we talked for about an hour. He only had, I had a tight window, but it was good. I think we locked in and we, get, and we got some stuff done. Got We emotionally bonded and challenged each other a little bit. And it was, uh, it was exciting. It was moving. I needed one of those. I needed one of those where I'm like, ah, oh, this kind of, I don't know, making me have feels. Is that how the kids say it? Feels? Is that where we're at? So what's happening? I'm sick. I'm sick. Not only, you know, not only do I have like four stitches in my mouth, now I've got a fucking cold. I'm sure you can hear it, but uh, the show must go on, okay? The show must go on. But if, if you're wondering why I sound weird, that's it. Those two things. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton passed away, uh, which is sad. He was very old, but it's sad still. Nonetheless, does not matter. He was uh, one of those guys that you just always thought was going to be there forever on some, on some level, and he is because he's done so many movies, but we did repost the original interview I did with him, which if any of you have been with me for a long time, I was very insecure about, and a lot of people got mad at me because uh, they said it was fine. He was old, and uh, I was too hard on myself, or what did you expect, you idiot? He's an old man. Uh, but I just wanted to say that we did uh, put that interview back up if you wanted to check in with that. I did see that new movie, Lucky, too. That it would have to be his last movie. And I think it was a very... It's a very per- personal movie for him, I think. And I'm not uh, I'm not being paid to say this, and I don't know where I got the film or who sent it to me. It was directed by John Carroll Lynch, who is also an actor uh, that you might remember played uh, Francis McDormand's husband in um fargo but the movie stars harry dean and he's this like 90 year old atheist who has outlived and outsmoked his contemporaries so you it's like it's not him but it is him in a way i believe and it's a pretty great movie david lynch is in it ron livingston tom skerritt has a part in it there's a lot of older cats that you haven't seen in a while but i recommend it i don't know where you can find it but uh it's a good movie it's called lucky and if you have a, a jones to see uh the last film that Harry Dean Stanton did, I believe, I'm, I'm not mistaken, uh, you should watch that because it, it's, it's, it's a poetic little movie. It's, it's a little um, stylized, but it's great if you love Harry Dean. Okay? I just wanted to put that out there. I'm, I'm a little raw. I'm, I'm fucking sick. So here's what's going on. Let's read a couple emails. I want to talk about Eric Clapton for a minute. I talked about, um, oh, the teabag situation. That sounds dirty, but it's not. First, uh, the emails. Uh, here we go. It says, dude, subject line, dude, is that really your butt in glow? Please say yes. Uh, that's from Ross. So I wrote back, of course, and he wrote back, nice. I thought it was a nice exchange. I wanted to share it with you. Um, here's another one. Subject line, too good. My girlfriend farted in front of me for the first time while laughing, watching Too Real. So thanks for that intimate moment and progression in our relationship. Your best work yet. (laughs) Glad to help out, man. That was from Marcus. That's a big moment for a couple. And and I'm, I'm, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of the special, but at this moment, I'm more proud that I facilitated that wonderful moment between you two. And you're welcome. And thank you for watching Too Real on Netflix. I appreciate that. Now, the tea issue. Let's get to the tea issue. As you know, I spoke about buying a bag of PG Tips that was had 1,150 tea bags in it, which was too much. It's a lot of pressure. Don't think I'm going to make it. It's very intimidating. It, it's a harbinger of my mortality. There, there's a lot of problems with it. And I've, I've, st- I've stuffed that big bag into a cabinet, and I'm, I, I have a little tin for PG Tips, so I, I'm just filling the tin. But I got an email after actually talking about unloading the PG Tips. Uh, PG Tips wanted Eagle Rock, which is close to me. My name is Will, and my wife and I recently moved to Eagle Rock from London. I was listening to your Lord WTF episode and heard you've overordered PG Tips tea bags. Like true English, we both drink quite a lot of PG Tips. Congrats, as it's the only tea, and are down to our last small box. So I'd be up for buying some off you if you wanted. No joke. Love the podcast, by the way. Cheers, Will. And I don't know what's going on with me, but I'm uh, I, I'm, I'm doing some fan outreach. Uh, and I wrote back, sure, I can meet you later today. I'll bring some. When is good? Marin. Will. Amazing. Afraid I'm at work the weekdays in Wilshire, but can either come meet you on the weekend or on my way home one night after work, if that's cool. Just let me know how much money. Thanks so much. And I said, maybe over the weekend, I don't need money. I have a lot of tea. Marin. He said, yeah, weekend is cool. I'm around. Great. Thank you so much. PG Tips is literally the only thing we get homesick for. And then he wrote, hey, Mark, let me know when it's good. Then he started pressuring me a little bit. Let me know when it's good this weekend. I felt a Jones coming. Like, you know, I teased him. I teased him with this big drop of PG tips, which is a highly addictive substance. So he says, going to be on York Boulevard in about an hour if that works. I also have some vinyl for you to say thanks. Cheers, Will. So now, like, you don't know. You email a mid-level celebrity like myself. You don't know if, like, I'm going to get back to you or what. So now he's sweetening the deal with vinyl. Like, he's like, he needs his stuff. But he's like, I don't know if Marin's really on the level with this shit. It's audacious that I would expect this to happen with a mid-level celebrity such as Mark Marin. That's what I'm projecting onto him. And then I said, I have to go by Rock Dog and Cat on Colorado next to the Poke place in the strip mall. Can you be there at 4.30? I'll hand off the goods. And Will said, cool. See you then. No cops. So I did a tea drop in the parking lot of a strip mall. Did a PG tip tea drop. Uh, for my English pal, and uh, got a couple records. I, I don't like, don't go crazy. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to be doing that every week. It's just I'm I'm fragile. I'm vulnerable. I'm a little ill. I like I got I can't. I'll explain it later. Oh man. So I went and saw Clapton, and as some of you know, I you know I don't. Well, here's the thing, and I guess I can tell you, um, I'm a tremendously uh, big fan of um, Jimmy Vaughn. Now, I don't know if you know who Jimmy Vaughn is. Jimmy Vaughn is a guitar player. He's Stevie Ray Vaughn's uh, older brother. And he had a band called the Fabulous Thunderbirds. And the first two Fabulous Thunderbirds records are, for my money, or from my, from my, from where I'm sitting, two of the greatest sort of Tex, Texas blues records that you can that you can own just beautiful fucking jump blues guitar point i mean he's just he's like uh he's he's a classicist of blues guitar playing and great blues music a lot for a lot of it from the texas guys i guess what i'm getting at is yes i did interview jimmy vaughn but that's not what this is about jimmy vaughn 
and another cat that he plays guitar with, Billy Pittman, who I also know, uh, they were opening for Clapton at the Forum. And after I talked to Jimmy in here, which you'll hear eventually, he let me play with him too. It's a real, a real fucking honor. I lo- you got to check out the first two Fabulous Thunderbirds records, uh, Girls Go Wild, What's the Word? Just get those two. I play guitar with those two records more than almost any other record. Like even more than Peter Green, those first two Fabulous Thunderbirds records. So for me, it was a real thrill and an honor to hang out with Jimmy Vaughn. So they're opening for Clapton at the Forum. It's uh, Jimmy Vaughn and his band, then Gary Clark, and then Clapton. Now, as some of you know, I I respect Clapton, but I've I've been a little bored by him at at times. But I went to see these guys and I watched Jimmy. And I hung out and Jimmy showed me some licks and he gave me some strings. He told me I got to do flat wounds. That's where it's at. This is only important to guitar players. But like I watched Clapton and I, I think I figured it out. It's not, He's always been pretty laid back, right? It's just as he got older, you know, he doesn't put any effort into, you know, he'll just wear some stonewashed jeans, maybe some cargo pants, uh, Birkenstocks or Dock Siders and just a short sleeve shirt. And I don't know what I'm expecting from a 71-year-old man, but, you know, he's just very grounded and has nothing to fucking prove. And he just sat there. He did, like, three fucking rockers, and he sat down with an acoustic and did a bunch of his hits on acoustic, and then he picked up the electric again, did White Room and some other shit. And, you know, I'm not saying it was riveting, but it was pleasant. And the one thing that I felt was that when he did lay out a lead, and he's really done his homework on the the acoustic blues playing over the years, man. He really fucking knocks that shit out. That was really some of the best, the acoustic blues. And that's probably where he's at. He's a real blues guy. He just, you know, he's not going to you know run around like uh, like Mick Jagger. He's just going to be up there, be slow hand, lay back, take it easy, not talk to the audience, do his fucking job. He seems like a very grounded, sober, spiritual dude, you know, in a way that's um, almost shy. But I'll tell you the one thing, like one thing I'd love to see, like, you know, when they do hit that lead, like during White Room or whatever, during one of the classic old ones, uh, what do you do? A key to the highway, you know, it's like... Can't we just lay out a 20-minute jam? You know, can't we just do that? Because when he'd get on those runs, I'm like, that's why he's fucking great. Those runs are outstanding. These blues runs. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just watching his fingers on the big screen. Anyway, uh, I, I, I'm sorry that I dismissed Eric Clapton for being boring. He's a wizard and he he is like, it's a lot of responsibility to... Uh, you know, to, to be a guitar hero and to hold that mantle, and he fucking did, and uh, I'm sorry, Eric, all right? Not that you listen, not that I talked to you, not that I even met you, but there you have it, okay? If it's, yeah, great job. I just wish, maybe a 12-minute lead, 12-minute, like, jam, just fucking lay it out cream style, right? Why not? Maybe I left too soon. Did you do that? Are you still playing now? I don't know. Maybe the show is continuing. Okay, Lee Daniels was in and out here. He uh, he was he was doing a junket, doing uh, other interviews. You know, he's got his show um, Empire and Star uh, premieres the the new season on September twenty seventh, my birthday, and I was happy to talk to him. It was kind of intense. This is me and Lee Daniels. So you had a, you had a production call right there. 
Right, what just walking in. Yeah, you're dealing uh, with some. Dude. What? What's hard? <laughs> is it? Is you. For which show? A star. Uh huh. And it was uh, about music. And yeah. It's just so hard. It's so hard. But you deal with that every day. Like, right? I Same. know, but I was literally, we're trying to find a song about. um. Yeah. In one of uh, the episodes where, as a finale number, yeah. that's sort of like about where we are right now as a country. Uh-huh. And I wanted it to be um, my interpretation of We Are the World, right. a hipper sort of... But I remember when We Are the World was yeah. done, I felt that even though they had all those stars there, it felt <laughs> a little, little like cutie. Sure, like, Almost yeah. like Disneyland-y. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But it was it was what it was. And so I'm trying to find a, um, a rougher... <clears throat> grittier version of that song. And the, that song, not exactly. Not that song, exactly, right. but sort of like an inspiration Something. that, you know, because we're in a fucked up place right now. Bad. So, I, you know, so I'm just trying to find a song that is... Uh, that. Um, Why don't you hire a bunch of cats to cover that thing? We do. Oh, that, yeah. That was the call that I was making as oh, I was okay. walking into the door. Are we recording? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Numb. And then you're shifting gears, and I'm thinking as I'm driving up, okay, where am I going? What am I doing? Right now, tonight, mm-hmm. as or I today. walk into here, right now, to this great space that yeah. is filled with such. You got to ground yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm adjusting to it because it's a, it's a pretty Afro pick and everything. It's pretty. Um, <laughs> it's my kind of style. It really is my kind of style. You like clutter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Historical clutter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that what? Is that what your house looks like? Mm-hmm. Really? Well, that's good. I appreciate it, <laughs> A collector. Yeah. You're a collector. My mother calls it junk. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know why. I, I don't. It's comforting to me. It's very soothing. I feel, I feel right at home trying to figure out. Already, I want to, like, attack the books. And I, I, yeah. I, I want to. I'm loving that thing right there that I grew up with. The, the troll doll? Yeah, man. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, it there's a lot like of home. stuff. Well, then you well, got the Bible. It's like, it's, it's a little a few bit Bibles. of Bible. You go from the Bible. To homeboy over there. Yeah. To which one? Oh, to Tyson? Tyson, yeah. Well, that's just a weird picture uh, that somebody put. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that, that that somebody put the tattoo that I used for my logo on a bunch of different people. Yeah. And that, that was what that was. So what's so you don't live here? I, uh, I do. You do? I do. I mean, I'm homeless right now. I you're, live in New York. Are you breaking my heart? Uh, I'm not home. <laughs> no, I, I ain't that kind of homeless. I've been that homeless. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not that kind of homeless. But I, I, um, I prefer that kind of homeless actually. Really? Yeah, because if you know, I know what time it is. You know sure. what I mean? But yeah. this is a level playing field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you got when you got nothing, you got nothing left. Exactly. To yeah. <laughs> but um, the um, this is a different type of a homeless. In that my spirit, my home is yeah. New York. You know, right? And um, and I've shows in in Atlanta. And in New York and in Chicago, so I go back and forth between both cities. Empires in Chicago? Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah, shooting in Chicago. You shoot, you shoot all there. Mm-hmm. So I stay at a hotel there, and then I stay at a hotel in Chicago, and then I um. Nice hotel. I like Chicago. I do too. I like I, I, I in the summertime or in the autumn. No, yeah, I can't. I can't mess with that. I didn't winter. take. I didn't know about Chicago for years, and then I started playing there and working there, and I was like, "This is a real city it with its own thing." Mm. You know, it's really grounded. It's a good place. Mm. I mean, I know it's got its problems, but I mean, it's a mm. nice city, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yeah, Atlanta. I don't like. I never really got a handle on Atlanta, but that, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's 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 actually um, there's some good groovy. It's as folks. nice as it's as nice as Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's like a big, it's like the hub of show business. I'm told. 
Yeah, what do you you shoot in there? You know, right? They're shooting all I kinds guess, of I mean, shit there. I'm not. I'm not. I, you know, you get in, in into your bubble of right. what it is, so you really don't know about other people's sure. worlds. Yeah, but where'd you grow up? Philadelphia. When it was tough. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. The move experience, Rizzo, yeah. as mayor experience. Um, yeah. And, and it was. It was. I, I like Philly now. That's beautiful, right? It's really um. Well, what you go downtown is yeah, beautiful, yeah. And then you step into North Philadelphia, and you step into the into the depths of West Philadelphia, yeah. And you see the countless rows of homes that are abandoned, and then you see one little home, like row homes, and you see yeah. one like all these abandoned homes, yeah, boarded up even, yeah. And you'll see a person living on that street, yeah. Literally one family out of a thirteen row home, yeah. Family, it's pretty intense. Why is that? <clears throat> what happened? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? Mm, it's really deep. It's yeah. really yeah. It's but just, it's not it's not like... I drove I drove my brother I had a family yeah. that lived in in Philadelphia and um I drove down the street and I was like all these abandoned homes and yeah. then there was this house. And it's just the way <clears throat> it is because it's not, it doesn't you don't hear it's <clears throat> not like Detroit it didn't yeah, it die. Is. I'm sorry, but certain parts of Philadelphia, it's it's bad. It just died. It's just died. It's gone. Yeah. And the houses are just there. What about where you grew up? Is it still alive? Yeah. It's yeah. so funny, you know. It's secular. When we moved in, uh, we were the first black family that lived on our street yeah. in West in Winfield. Yeah. And uh, it was <laughs> a bunch of white people lived in. And then we said they sort of skirted off to the suburbs. Right and after then you became, moved there? Yeah. And then it became <laughs> all black, and yeah. now it's um, and now because there's a college there, St. Joe's, uh-huh. uh, it's now it's now white again with hmm. um, sp- with sprinkles of yeah. African American families. So it all comes back around. Mm-hmm. But when, when you grew up there, it was just a working class neighborhood. Yeah. Um, Lower middle class. Yeah, it, it was a middle class neighborhood that became lower middle class. Uh huh. And what was your what was uh, your family's uh, what what did your old man do? He was a cop. Really? Mm-hmm. He like was a cop that worked for Rizzo, Frank oh, wow. Rizzo. And, yeah. Uh, you know, when you think of uh, some of my earliest memories, were a group of white men crying over my uh, father's body and um, in oh. blue. And uh, how and old were they? Fifteen. Uh huh. That's when they start. Those are some of your earliest memories. I mean, you know. Yeah. No, I know. My earliest memory was pooping yeah. in my uh, grandfather's shoe. You did that mm-hmm. on purpose. I would imagine. I don't know. It's a, I don't a, remember. I just remember <laughs> pooping in my grandfather's shoe. That's a very it's a <laughs> tough. It's a tough coincidence to accept. Again, like, you know, it doesn't sound like it just happened. Uh, yeah. But your 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 father was killed in duty mm-hmm. on duty, gunned down. Mm-hmm. It was a. He was a. He lived. The way he died. Yeah. Which was a violent death. He was a violent man? Mm-hmm. How many siblings you got? Four. Yeah. And was he, he was a violent family? Uh, not all the time. Yeah. Just a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Explosive. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sorry you went through that. That's, that's, I, I thought it was normal. <laughs> it's hard to process have you processed it i mean do you have you worked through it i'm working through it yeah yeah i worked through it through my work yeah yeah and then i learned that that wasn't enough so now you know I now you... therapy and yeah yeah mm-hmm. do you work through it in your work or were you avoiding it through your work 
Do you know what I mean? Like, I know you work, people, artists, you know, create stuff that resonates with them and moves them through stuff. But a lot of times you seem like a very busy guy. So I imagine that sometimes, you know, just working gets you away from, you know, whatever emotions that you. Wow. That's a very powerful statement. And I think it's accurate. It's very accurate because you don't. And then you come back and, whoa, you still got the same problems. Right. <clears throat> but I do, I do everything that I do. It comes from a place of experience. Sure. Right. And, uh, and so it is, it is really therapeutic. Um, but uh, yeah. then I come back to still, um, what you just said. Yeah. Who and you so, are. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm 57. And so I'm, you know, for the first time ever, I've been in therapy. Yeah. And it seems to be working. You look good. I feel good, man. I feel good. <laughs> I'm glad it's working. So, because like you know, like, I'm not drinking. I'm you know, I, I'm going through this sober thing. Oh yeah, mm. I've I've been sober a long time. Me too. I'm in AA. Yeah, mm. me too. I, I, mean, I don't know whether I should. You're not supposed to, but that's all right. I'm not supposed to I, say. I, I talk about it all the time. I'm not supposed to. No, you can. You, why? You, according to the program, do uh -huh. you want to know originally why? Yeah. They didn't want people who were famous people talking about it because they didn't want those people to rep. They don't want to have public representatives of the program because let's say that like somebody gets sober because of you. You said AA, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, maybe you you don't stay sober. Then whoever, <laughs> then they're like, <laughs> well, that's the reason I got sober. Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, uh -oh. yeah, so can we, can we delete this part? No, then? no, no. I talk about it all the time. I'm just mm -hmm. telling you what the tradition means. How long have you been sober? Um, six months. Oh, so you're you're in it. So you're doing it. I mean, no. Yeah, I got sober. Yeah, and then I got sober. I mean, no, I, I get was, it. I was like, I was um, I was on drugs. Yeah. You know, some 15 years ago. Right. And then I got, and so I and I drank. Yeah. And then I recently just said uh-uh right i need a it's a it, i don't know everything why. Mm -hmm. well good so this is an exciting time you're gonna find <clears throat> out a lot about yourself no well, i'm knowing that I, i'm having difficulty <laughs> now having sober sex yeah that's right. something that's that's <laughs> yeah not not as loose as you used to no. be <laughs> maybe, maybe that's something to do with me being 57 too sure not yeah. really like you know oh, yeah. something you know. yeah yeah well, yeah, it's a little more, you know, you, you can't hide from yourself as much. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard. I think, um, you know, I've been really honest with um, who I am uh -huh. and what, I, what I've been through. Uh -huh. And a lot of people are receptive and a lot of people are not. And, um, and, and I've never cared. Yeah. Really. About, yeah. As long as I'm staying and living in my truth, even when I was high. Yeah. Saying, I'm high. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm living in my truth. I'm you know? Tru <laughs> I'm truly high. I'm, really, I'm high. Yeah. And uh, people would look at me like, he's high for saying that he's high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting oh, thing. Like, oh, my God. Where's, where's this interview going? Well, how far along are you in the Richard Pryor movie? I'm not. <laughs> I was, I know. I was, um, I related to it so much because I was, I was, you know, I was, I did what he did. I yeah. was doing cocaine. Yeah. Um, and um, we were going to do it. Yeah. And then I just sort of just, I don't know. I just, I got caught up in TV land and it really, it sucks you in. It dry, you're it's dry. very demanding. Yeah. yeah. You it's can't, like, it's not like I'm going away for six months to make a movie. <clears throat> I didn't know that though oh. when I signed up for it. Oh, I didn't even know that the show was going to be it. I didn't even know the show was going to get picked up. Empire. I literally was going to. Yeah, yeah, that's the first. And so yeah. I didn't know that we were going to get picked up. So we'll, we did. It, I did it as a 
you know what? Whitney Cummings came in. Do you know who she is? Sure. She came over and said, why are you poor? I'm going, <laughs> she says, you get these Oscars for people. Yeah. But you're like, why are you? When did she say this to you? Well, you say she just came over? How did you yeah, know? Because she she's friends, you know? Yeah, She sure. came over and she was to like. your house. Mm, New York. <laughs> and she says, Lee, I get a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, a lot of money. And if you do a TV show, you can get a lot of money. And I go, really? What kind of money? And then she told me what kind of money. And I said, are you? And she said, yeah. And that's just like, a, I said, okay. Um, so when my partner um, who wrote The Butler came to me and said, okay, let's just do another movie about, um, we had in common, um, we loved um, um, King Lear. Yeah. And we wanted to do a family about a black sort of hip hop thing. Yeah. Yeah. We were going to do um, it as a film. Yeah. And I said, no, let's do it as a TV show. Right. Because I, I think I'm told by my friend Whitney that we can make money. So <laughs> In I, television. Uh -huh. yeah. And so we didn't think that the pilot was going to get picked up because no one was buying African-American anything. Mm -hmm. So I went, we literally, literally went off to do, we were going to do, I was going to do Richard Pryor afterwards. And, um, and then it got picked up, which meant, oh my God, okay, that's great. Got to so make more. You got to do 13 more. And I said, well, what does that mean? So now we had to sit and think about what that meant as a season yeah and that's time consuming and oh yeah so was, and you got a writing room you got a oh, crew it was, it was it was like what it was so deep and then i'm making money i am making money yeah and then they and then they say hey lee you want a deal yeah oh sure <laughs> yeah we like you over here yeah you're making money we, yeah, we had said, no idea i said so i said what kind of money because i really have never been motivated by yeah, money right I, I you know the minute Maybe I have been motivated by money, but Gotta I don't be a think, little bit. I always wanted to do it for, for like to leave, to make sure it's important. Yeah. Or that, that I could be, make my kids proud. Right. At the end. Of, that's, that's the, what's important. Right. For me. Yeah. And, um, but the kids were going to college. And so I said, um, I ain't got the money. That is the most phallic. This is crazy. This room. I love this room. Which it's a what's, mushroom. But oh, what, the, is it the cat really on top? a penis head? What is it exactly? It's a mushroom, but I mean, it could be a, <laughs> could be a colorful penis head. I'll, I'll, a mosaic giant mm, penis head. Um, yeah. Um, so you're saying kids are in college. You don't oh, I was going there. I said, I had to, for, I had, you know, I had to put the kids through college. So I, um, so how we many decided kids you got? two. Yeah. Twins. Yeah. Um, and 21 now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and they, you know, wanted to go to expensive schools. So I, I real, I was sort of forced into the TV world, but then, then it became a job. Work, sure. yeah, cool. You know, and it was like, yeah. you know, yeah. there's no end. There's no, no there, oh yes, there is. <laughs> yeah, there is. Mm -hmm. Okay. But <laughs> not, not in the foreseeable future, really. Right. Uh, no, cause they just, they just keep. What do you mean? They're not. But, I, but I'm going to. I'm, gonna try, I'm yeah. forcing myself to do uh -huh. a film. So, um, but going back to the Richard Pryor of it all, um, I'm no longer at this point going to direct it. I'm going to produce it. Oh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So Epps is still moving forward. Oh, for and, sure. And and there's a script being written. The script has been written by you. No, well, I, I did a pass on the script. Bill yeah. Condon. Oh yeah, he's an incredible uh -huh. writer. Um, it's very uh, Bob Fosse. It's very oh, good. Um, well, that's good. All that jazz, except uh, and he's going to direct it too. But no, Bill's not. He was going to direct it, yeah. but he no, he's not. So oh. we're looking for a director right now. Oh well, so what they based the what book they based <clears> it on, <throat> or where they didn't base it off anything. They, they just, just based it, put it on, together. They put it together, you know, from his life. His yeah, mm -hmm. the document, a couple right. of documentaries. Um, that's exciting. Some man. of the kids, the wife, 
Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The wife, some of the kids, not all the kids, but mm-hmm. a couple of them. But let's like, I, I mean, like, I'm sort of fascinated with like the the sort of nuts and bolts of how you got to where you are from from like was show business the thing in the beginning when you were a kid? Was that what you saw yourself doing? Because you're like a you're like a mogul. You're like, and you've done a lot of different elements of show business. Mm-hmm. You, you've been a manager, a producer, uh, a writer, an actor, a bit, a director. Well, I'm not mean, really an actor. I only acted because they forced. I, there was nobody else to stand in and say the lines that was good, so I had to oh, come in and say. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> but I mean, but all that other stuff, you know. And you came. I'm up, not an actor. Okay, I tried. I, you know, I tried. I mean, I, hey, I'm in the first episode of my new season because, again, you know. What, it's I'd nice. say one word. That's nice to yeah. have you. It's like mm. it's like signing a thing. Mm. You know what I mean? There, there's a guy. Mm-hmm. It's like Hitchcock in his movie. Yeah, 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 a little bit. So, but how do you get from Philly to here? I mean, I know it's a long story. My, but the first book I read was literally. Yeah. I went to the. Li- this is a. This is exactly how it happened. Yeah. I went to the public library. I went into the theater section. Yeah. I saw a book that was titled "Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf" by Edward Albee. Mm. I read the book in the library. I got a library card. I came home. I had all my friends on the stoop and my sisters and my brother act out all the parts. Martha and George. Really? Everybody, yep. And 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 it sort of just took over from that point. You did a stoop production mm-hmm. of... Uh, <laughs> stoop production. Yeah, of Who's yep. Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I went to Edward Halby many years later to ask if I could do it black, and he said no. Did you really? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that must have hurt a little. A little. <laughs> Did he give you any reason, or that was the end nope. of? What a bastard! I don't know. I yeah. guess he sees it a certain way, and I understand that. Yeah, but it's a play. You release it out into the world. I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you or Edward Albee, but it's I'd just love seems... to do it as a play. I'd love it. I think it's a great play. It, you know, you could probably do. Oh, you wanted to do a movie? Yeah. Oh, you could probably do a play. I don't think he allowed it. And that's a that's a condition like that'd be crazy i believe by so. the way this can't be done by black people i believe so huh i don't don't quote me i won't so so you go from there to like how old are you when that happens eight or nine. Oh, really mm-hmm. so you wanted to be in show business from that i didn't point know on. that it was show business i didn't but really you liked know, it i didn't know what it was yeah 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 because it wasn't any really there weren't you know my grandfather owned a um didn't own he was the manager of a theater so i saw a lot of black exploitation films yeah as a kid uh shaft and superfly and claudine and the lady sings the blues and a whole there was a period of wonderful cinema yeah where people and then there was um some great television yeah at the time norman lear television yeah was inspirational but i didn't really know that that was what i didn't know that that was called a director or a writer or a creator yeah i just knew that i wanted to be a part of something that i didn't know what it was so i went to school where um, at I went to play, um, uh, Lindenwood Colleges in um, St. Louis, in St. Charles, Missouri. Uh-huh. I don't know why. You don't know why. Mm, that was the only place that probably would accept me. You, t- you graduated high school and you end up in Missouri. Went to an all-white high school. All-white high school, which is really interesting back in the, in the, in the, in the 70s. How was that for you? It's fantastic. Yeah. My, my neighbor was a butler. Yeah. I ended up doing a movie because of him mm-hmm. called The Butler. And he, uh, my mom, yeah. my mom knew that early on that I would get in trouble. The the principal of our, the vice principal of my junior high school said yeah. that I would amount to nothing, that I was going to end up dead. And my mother said, no, he won't. And um, Mr. Brodsky is his name. Yeah. And so 
So my neighbor worked worked for a chauffeur that had that owned the um, Philadelphia Eagles, huh. and in he lived in Villanova. Yeah, and uh, and he had, and so he said, "Well, why don't we use his address?" Ed Snyder was his name, and we used his address, and he was kind enough to let me. And I went to an all—I literally was transported from an all African American world to a completely where I was the only spot in the spot. Okay, so it was just me and um, maybe a couple others, and uh, and it was great. So that I didn't experience racism at all, which is I don't know how that is, but I didn't, or I was too naive to see it. Yeah, and this is high school. Mm-hmm. You would have known. Yeah, I would have known. Sure. Yeah, I would have. I didn't. I auditioned for a play called um, The Sound of Music. And I couldn't understand why it was that I, they wouldn't give me the role of something Von Trapp. Uh-huh. And I was like, I, why? I did a better audition than this knucklehead. Yeah. And uh, they gave me Max instead. I played the Nazi, I think. Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> well, that, I think that's, that's all right. That's pretty good casting. So that was sort There's of, some power in that. <laughs> that was my first... The irony. It was the first job ever. And... um and the bug was there again i didn't know what it was and so i went to college to study political science because i wanted to make my dead father happy yeah because he wanted me to be a lawyer uh-huh. and uh isn't that weird how you still honor him <clears throat> even if you you know your feelings are mixed about them mm-hmm. that you still honor them even when you may not want to mm-hmm. did you feel did you feel that during that like you know like like why am i doing that <laughs> yes hmm. do you well, I do. Like, you know, I, I, what I find is that, you know, my father's still alive and, you know, he has sort of receded a bit in my psyche and in my heart. But, uh, but, you know, I do do things like him. And I, you know, when I talk to him, I have to make sure that I have some very serious boundaries around who I am and who he is. And uh, sometimes it's emotional. Mm-hmm. But I try not to show that because mm-hmm. I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And I'm 53. You know, and I'm going to be stealing what you just did, what you just shared with me. Yeah. I'm stealing that for a scene or two. Okay. That I'm serious because it was so visceral. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can. You can. Sometimes mm-hmm. you get out of ideas. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you stay, stay with you. Yeah. And I steal that moment that what you just said. Good. And you'll go, wait a minute. That's it. I, if you're looking maybe yeah. episode 12 in of Empire or <laughs> one of these shows. <laughs> or Star. That would be me <clears throat> talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, good. So, all right. So, you don't do the law thing. I don't do the law thing. I go to... And... Yeah. I don't do the law thing. And um, the political science thing. And second year into school, yeah, I just decided that was it was a wrap. I was going with this girl... Um, from Hawaii, yeah, and um, and it just sort of, I was I was finding out who I was sexually, yeah, you know, and uh, and then another trial girl, and error, yeah, and another girl I dated just said, you know, you're gay, don't you? And I go, no, <laughs> she says, yeah, you are. So I said, I said, you know, so I said, um, I said I want to go to Hollywood, yeah, and he, she said, okay, here's seventy bucks. So I think it's either. She gave me seventy bucks. I took a bus, yeah, and I landed in Hollywood. And that was that. <laughs> yes. No plan. No, I'm here. I swear. Knew he gay. Uh huh. <laughs> Is that crazy? No. That's crazy. I was homeless for a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Then I had a nursing agency. I went to I went to work at a nursing agency. At those times, I don't know where they still have them at, but the classified ads in the LA yeah. Times. 
and I went and I saw a receptionist, and I became a receptionist at a nursing agency. And it was um, like just because it was a job. Yeah, no, it was a job. Oh I, no, was like, I, was, I know. I, I knew I had a good voice. I could. I knew that. Yeah. I, I, you know. Yeah. And um, it was a sales job, and so I was selling nurses, and I knew nothing of nursing, and I could. Um, if your mom got sick, or if your dad got your dad got sick, uh-huh. and they wanted in home care. Oh, yeah. Or if your wife was having a baby and they needed a nanny or whatever. Oh, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so it was literally like a booking agency for mm-hmm. nurses. For nurses. Uh huh. And so, and then a year in, they made me the manager because I was a good sales rep. And then after that, I was like, oh, like why am I doing this? Oh, yeah. and I was living out of a church. You know, I was for after I, I I was homeless and then I moved into a church and then I was directing theater. That's how it started. I directed theater in the church because they they had a theater in the back of the church. And so I was directing in Baldwin Hills. So I was directing theater in the back of a church. And um, they just let you live there. Well, he found it. Yeah, they found out. They found it. Uh, but it, then I moved. I mean, it wasn't long. It was like, like three weeks or two oh, weeks oh, or something. Oh, okay. You know, it wasn't. It was a short lived. I mean, when you're homeless, you go from place to place. You know what I mean? So that was a place. But I remained at that church, and um, and they had a theater, and I was directing one X. Yeah. Still unaware of what it was that I wanted to do. Right. You know, I went back yeah. to, from acting to directing yeah. to really, and then, um, and then I um, and then I got a job. I got my first apartment in Hollywood. In the where was the job? You mean that, <clears throat> the still the, the, job, nursing. the nursing agency? Yeah, yeah. And then a year into the nursing agency, mm-hmm. after they made me manager, I was like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, hold on, right. something's wrong with this picture. I can do this myself. And so I ended up taking five of their nurses and I had become friends with all of the, how you get their work there is you become intimate friends with discharge planners at different hospitals and, uh-huh. and or social workers at different hospitals yeah. that call in for help. Right. And um, most of them were African-American women. Yeah. And so they would give me work. And before I knew it, I had my own nursing agency and I had um, like several hundred nurses that were working for me i worked out of my apartment i ended up moving in welster and la brea my offices my so first you're a office. nurse agent mm-hmm. still directing theater and um one acts in baldwin hill at the church no i was at that point on melrose sometimes uh, we were at the zephyr oh yeah sure yeah and, <laughs> and it was i groaned a little bit yeah. so you were casting and you were directing no i wasn't casting yet I was just, but I, mean, I was who, still in theater, and then I was at. The, I still have the nursing agency. But I mean, how were you putting the plays on? You you at directing night. it, so you yeah. cast it, right? So yeah. You were putting the whole show together. Yeah. So you, that's how you were starting in show business, mm-hmm. and you were booking nurses. Yes. For the, for From the my, wheelchair. but I was yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. <laughs> and um, and then the producer of uh, of um, Purple Rain came in. Yeah. And um, asked me if I wanted to like he was a client, and he said, "What do you want to do?" Oh, at the nurse at your nursing uh-huh. office. Okay, he happened yeah. to come in because you pay the nurse. Let's yeah. say I pay. I made a lot of money, by the way. That was a lot of money to be made. And by the way, we were the first nursing agency to be under contract with AIDS Project LA. Oh wow, which is crazy because no one wanted to touch people with AIDS right. back in those days, and right. our nurses did. And so, we made a lot of money. And yeah. um, and uh, and then you know. And I was, that's when the drug use began a lot because I didn't really, you know, it was you had money, a, a lot of money. Running a lot of nurses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and not running a lot of taxes. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and, um, so yeah, yeah let the party begin. Yes. And sure. so, um, so the guy from Purple Rain came in and, and I ended up doing casting, you know, and then it, 
That, that I was casting. I mean, you know, I was, what do you mean? He said, he, he, brought he said, what do you want to do? And yeah. I said, I want to do, inter- I'm in the entertainment business. He said, how can you be in the entertainment business when you're taking care of my father? I said, <laughs> um, well, I want to be in the entertainment <laughs> business. He said, what do you, he said, well, this is what you do. You become a PA. I said, PA. Okay. So then, um, with a successful business, you're running your own business and the guy he, offers, he says a PA job. Yeah. I sold the nursing agency to become a PA. I sold the nursing agency for a lot of money. And I drove on to the set of Warner Brothers with a Armani suit, a Porsche, and a Newport cigarette. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, ready for my PA job. <laughs> and that didn't yeah. last very long. I went into casting, and then became friendly with Prince. And you know, um, wait, I, sort of, I, so I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So you PA'd on Purple Rain, mm-hmm. and then that was casting, sort of casting, sort of. But okay. I was fired and. I mean, if you IMDb me, you can't. I'm not. I'm not even listed as credit. I mean, as I've literally. I'm, but you go as a PA, and they use you for casting. The casting. Yeah, because agent? he was he connect. You know, it was all about. Um, it was all about our connection, and it was the suits against you know right. the black men. Like I, we knew I, I had an eye for talent then. Yeah, and so, I didn't know that that was my God gift then. Your connection with Prince, you mean? Me, after you met Prince. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we. Yeah. yeah. The irony is, is that Clarence Williams III was in that film. Yeah. And I, I cast him in that. And then years later, I get to direct him in The Butler. Yeah. That's crazy, crazy. It was like crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Luke from Mod Squad. Yeah, I know. He's was, good. He's so good. He's yeah. so good. Anyway, so... um, American Gangster. He was a good American Gangster. Genius. He's good in your movie. Yeah, yeah, he's great. But, um... So, so that starts you. You and you now was Prince. And then, did, and were you then friends with Prince? Did you get friendly ish? Okay. okay, do you know what I mean? Sure. In the beginning, you know, yeah. And then we did Under the Cherry Moon, mm. and then the mu- music videos, a bunch of music videos with Prince. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's a good way. But to Warner's break it. was really happy with me. Yeah. And I started working over at Warner Brothers, and and I was like head of minority talent. They called it that? I don't know what the hell. It, it was something like that. And I don't know. And it, it's like, I, all I know is, is that, you know, Minority. I was casting and it was like before, it was pre-Spike Lee and post the black exploitation era. So I was <laughs> sitting there with a pencil uh-huh. <laughs> and a suit <laughs> feeling important. Like I was a businessman, you know, on the Warner lot. Mm. <laughs> Minority town. I guess something like that. Um, so you were, you were, you were the, uh, a, you were a casting agent at the studio, basically. Sort of, yeah, yes. Kind of development too, like where you no, no nope, development just at all. And then I just got said, "Wait a minute, hold on. This is like I, I, I didn't, um, I wasn't getting fulfilled. So uh-huh. I kept, part of the job was watching, going to theater, right, and watching. Um, I'd long given up the desire, or didn't even know, like I had no longer done directing, yeah." theater and so i was going to see plays and part of it was seeing all these black plays in new york and la and chicago and um what year is this this i don't know yeah um what's going on what were the big plays um, gospel book colonis Uh morgan freeman oh yeah um i guess it was just post dream girls post dream girls Uh i was a kid when dream girls was out so i don't remember the year but but you're scouting Mm -hmm. talent Mm -hmm. yeah but for what i don't know Exactly. Minority talent. So I decided. <laughs> Just making a dossier of minority talent. And so with that, oh, and I met this wonderful woman who um, changed my life, who her name was Paula Kelly. And I had seen her in Sweet Charity on, in, in, the, in, the, in the film. Yeah. In Sweet Charity with Shirley MacLaine and Cheetah Rivera. And 
I saw her in Sophisticated Ladies with Gregory Hines on Broadway. And I said, why aren't you working? I need to see you working. I said, light bulb. I'm going to manage you. And so we, I, I opened a management company where I was managing actors. And, and, um, and um, you know, I come... You know, I came from a place where, as a kid, you know, most of uh, like a, a lot of my family members and yeah. and neighbors were drug dealers. Mm-hmm. So you know, or pimps, and you know, so mm, you need a hustle. Is that I what you're knew, at? Yeah, and so I figured, you know, I would do it with actors. <laughs> yeah. and so it was really <laughs> you pimp nurses for a while. Yeah, now you're pimp actors. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, and how, how did you start to build? Like, because you, I had a you, good reputation. I had a really well. I don't know whether it was a good reputation. I had, a, but you made. I, I, got, I made sure that my talent was working. The problem was was that they did not have roles that I felt were suitable for um, the actors that I was working with, and it was embarrassing telling them that they could just play a pimp or a drug dealer or a prostitute at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but I learned the game. Yeah, I started representing young white kids. Mm-hmm. And that's when it changed, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and then it took me around the world, yeah. you know, and I represented, uh, I don't know, from, uh, I, and then I ended up representing European, ta- Nastasia Kinski, um, Ashwarya Rai in India. Yeah. It was like, you know, the Bollywood princess. And what changed the game for me was when I started representing a kid named Wes Bentley. I found him in a play. And he then started in American Beauty. And, and I, Oh, that's that movie, that, the movie, the My, My Big Break, the documentary. My big break about Wes and the people he lived with. Oh yeah, good yeah. for you, good for you. I didn't. See, I haven't seen. I haven't seen it though. What do you mean? No, how, how should I see it? Well, I, 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 I knew you were featured in it somehow. How? Well, I mean, Wes is in it. Yeah, I have to see it. I'm, I'm about we halfway through drugs. it. Is it getting good? What's well, weird to watch? They were all you know, high. Well, no, it, uh, they, well, they were all been. high. I don't know. We were all high for sure. But there was two, like two or three of them made it out of that house. Wes and then Michael Shannon. I found him in Chicago. Was Michael Shannon, yeah. you managed him at the beginning? In the very beginning. I got him his first job. I got him a sack heart in the movie that I produced. It was the second film called The Woodsman. Yeah. Um, With Kevin Bacon? Mm-hmm. Kira said, I produced that. Uh, that. That was my second. My first movie. So I, I ended up leaving management because I got tired of... Uh, Telling African American actors you can only play this. Like, right, I got to create right. something. I, I got to realize I got to take it. I got to up my game. What was the name of your management agency? Lee Daniels, a management company. So you did all right with it. How long were you doing that? I don't know, eight right. years. So that's how. Wow, what a, that's an amazing story, really. So then I said I got tired of that, and I said I want to. Yeah. I'm going to make my own destiny. Yeah. And then I ended up uh, producing my first film, and it was you know, it, I don't know how I did it, but we did it, and. Uh, Monsters Ball. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a uh, that's a real hammer of a movie. A nice way to start a career. I didn't yeah. know that I was doing what I was doing, but I just was doing it. Yeah, doing whatever I could do to make sure that this movie, this vision, was um, was executed. How did that come to you? The writers yeah. came to me because they, at the time, there was um, there were many incarnations. I believe Sean Penn. Um, Robert De Niro yeah. and uh, Marlon Brando were attached at one time. Oh wow! And um, that's that's big. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I just they just couldn't get the movie made, and yeah. so the writers came to me, and um, and I said, "I'll do it. Let's let's figure it out." And um, Wes Bentley was going to star, he didn't, and um, and so I got Heath to star instead because he was a friend of Wes's, uh-huh. and. Um, and so, and that really began my career as, you know, and I as learned, I, well, you know, Puffy, you know, 
Um, I don't know what. I guess as a producer, you could say that. You, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you say that? What's it? What would you? Well, say? because I did more than that. Just I mean, I was oh, I very much involved with the right. You know the 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 acting. Sure. You knew what you wanted. You mm-hmm. knew. Yeah. You, you you saw it. So you sort of were a, a secret co-director. I don't know whether I. I don't think that that's the right word to say <laughs> because as a director now I would take deep offense to it. Okay. So I you, think Mark Forrester is a genius, and I think. But I knew that I knew I wanted performances from, yeah. and I learned from Mark. Yeah. How to hold a camera, uh-huh. and I learned really how on to, set. Literally, yeah. I learned that I learned the makings of what how to direct. You know, uh, uh, in that medium. Uh huh. Um, and also from the medium from when I was on set with other actors. Yeah. You know, so. Um, that was that, and then I. Did so this m- is how you, this is how you went to school, on set. I yeah. learned how to direct from other directors that I respect. I put my um, actors with directors that I respected. And now we're at uh, the point where you're going to direct a movie. Yeah, and it was the first movie I direct. Well, I was getting cocky, you know. Yeah, I was getting cocky, and I was still, you know. Sure. Yeah, and um, and I believed the press. On you, you after Monsters Ball. Oh yeah, yeah. You believe it? Yeah. And you're doing coke. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a bad and bass. combination. And oh, yeah, you're basing whatever, too. Whatever. I, I oh. got whatever. I, you yeah, sure. It. I've never done heroin. Oh, that's a lie. I did once. I threw up. I couldn't take it anymore. I had the exact same experience. Never with heroin. Ever. Did the you? Exact. Same I'll never experience. do it again. Snorted it. <laughs> Me too. Got itchy. Oh my god. Threw up. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't need this. Never. <laughs> did you even get high? No, not that. I don't remember. No, I tried it one other time where I smoked it and I definitely felt the high, but still not for me. I go up. I don't like to go down. Yeah, me too. I'm with, oh, dude. Yeah. We would have been trouble if we knew each other. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, well, why not? I mean, like, the, he was a critic's darling. And the same yeah. thing with Woodsman. You know, we won can. It was heavy, man. Kevin playing a child molester. <clears throat> Wasn't and that I, it? Well, yeah, but the thing was, I wanted to not. I remember after Monsters Ball. Like, okay, he's, the, he's new on the scene. Yeah. What are they going to. And so I got offered all these black films right just were in everything that i didn't want my clients mm-hmm. as a manager to do right you know? they're like he's Lep- the minority guy again leprechauns from the right. hood part seven. Oh, i was yeah. like what's one two three four five six yeah you know what is that i never even heard <laughs> yeah. it and then yeah. and stuff so i yeah. wanted to do something different and i had gotten my kids my kids my you know my i raised my brother's kids i got my what happened to your going, brother he's going to jail oh and he called me up and he said can you come my wife is gonna have some kids and she won't take care of them can you take care of them i was like no no i'm you partying were, yes exactly i was in palm springs at a white party high as a kite i had no intention <laughs> but my partner at the time who was a very famous casting director in 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 la yeah in new york wanted kids and and so um three days after they were born um i got them mm-hmm. and um I didn't want them at first. Uh, you know, the mother rang the doorbell mm-hmm. um, of my mother's house and left two bassinets down in, in Philadelphia in the winter and took off before my mom opened the door. You're kidding me. Mm-hmm. And my mom said... It's almost biblical. It is. It is. And my mom, yeah, it is. Wow. And then we looked at it like that. My mom said, called me up and said, listen... I've raised all of you, and yeah. I've raised all these other grandkids. Yeah. I'm not raised no more. Yeah. So I'm calling social services if you don't come get them. <laughs> so I said, really? And my partner was like, okay, that's what I want to do. So we ended up um, taking them. And um, and that's when I got off of um, drugs. Right. Because I was, you know, they, I remember them, like they were 
two-ish. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And they were in front of the TV. Yeah. And I was living on the Upper West yeah. Side. And I remember stepping over them and going out to the man around the corner. Uh-huh. And realizing that I had left them in the house. Oh. Uh. And I said, that's it. And that was the end. I never, and that was the end. Is that yeah. beautiful, though? That was the end of the that. drugs. Yes. Well, the, just the fact that you, <clears throat> you you realized that you were putting these young lives in danger, mm-hmm. and that was more powerful than drugs. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you got a good heart. Yeah, I thought that you know <laughs> I thought when I got them that I was saving them, and, <laughs> and they ended up saving me. <laughs> so it's, it's, that's sometimes the way it works. Um. So your brother's still in jail, or is he out? He just came out recently. No kidding. It was great. He was FaceTiming me with my sister in the car. He hadn't been in jail for forever, and, and like years, and yeah. years and years. And he's FaceTiming me, and you could see that he was, like, it was like the Jetsons. He was trying to figure out how to hold the FaceTime. <laughs> it was hysterical. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Now, you guys, you, have you seen him in person yet? I did. I saw him last Sunday and for the first time. Oh, my God. How was that? Powerful. I can't Powerful. imagine. He sent me a letter towards the, we separated. Yeah. We, we, we didn't, we weren't friends. Yeah. We were very close. Yeah. And then he went in one direction and I went in another direction. He sent me a letter from jail. Yeah. And he said, I'm sorry for hating you all these years. Oh. Just because. I guess it was, I was gay. You know? Yeah. And it affected me deeply. Yeah. And 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 is is the are you guys all right? I mean, you know, yeah, this is all right as we can do with all the years that have been separated. You know, so more to come. Yeah, we'll see. I think we're okay. We're going through it in a good way. Mm. Look at he was so happy. I gave him. I gave him a whole box of clothes, like a whole bunch of clothes. I don't know whether this person will be sharing with everybody, but I gave him a whole bunch of clothes. I don't care. He he don't care either. Yeah. Um, I gave him a whole bunch of clothes and um. What you take for granted, what I take for granted, yeah, I forget, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, he must have been appreciative. He's very appreciative. And now he came dressed up looking like a. He, when I saw him, I said, "Damn, you look like Lee Daniels." <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you get like? Well, I imagine it's gonna be interesting with the kids now too, huh? Yeah. Oh, I mean, literally, this is what I'm going through right now in my life. Wow. I got to write and about making it. TV. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, that's why I go into the world to escape. Yeah. Because when I come back, I got to deal with this mess. Well, is it you know a mess I mean? or is well, it's it just a mess? But it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's messy. It's heavy. It's messy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's, we're yeah. trying to make we're trying to make a lot. The kids are great. Yeah. They're good. fantastic. Okay. It's it's just us that you know and yeah. how he's dealing with it. I mean, yeah. His guilt, what's you know, going to happen? His yeah. issues. Oh you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah yeah. But the kids are solid. They're okay. just like they're clear. She's in Paris spending my money in schools and film school. Uh-huh. He's in New York modeling, making a lot of money. Uh huh. He's fabulous. Everybody's good. <laughs> and then you got the old man's out. Yeah. And now it's like now what happens? Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, there's a movie coming. Wow. Well, that's interesting. So let's talk about. We're going to run out of time because I know you got to run in about t- ten minutes. So mm-hmm. let's talk. About, I want to talk about you know how precious happened. How how did you come across that story? Sapphire is amazing. Isn't she just a tour de force? Unbelievable. Did you read the book? I did read the book. It, it yeah. It shook me to a few things. It shook yeah. me to my core. Uh huh. She shook me to my core. I couldn't sleep. How did you come across the book? 
it got, was part of my sobriety. Get out. It was, I had that in a book called Ice, which, by the way, you should see by Ray Shell. I own that, too. That's going to be something else that I'm turning. Ice. Iced. Dude. Iced. Rush out and get a copy, if you yeah. can get a copy. I mean, yeah. it's yeah, it's out of print, but it's pretty good. So okay. I had Precious, I Push, and Iced. And they sort of, um, and and this other thing, yeah. Paperboy, um, that um, became a Pete, movie. Pete Dexter. Did. Yeah. And the three of those books got me sober, um, helped me with my sobriety. And... Um, how so? By connecting you to I don't know. other people's experience, your I, heart. I, what, I mean, those are I don't. I don't know what it was huh. about uh, all of it, but uh -huh. you know, I think that the the African American experience yeah. viewed from that perspective, really, I don't know. Yeah, I hear they you. Just, I just sure. part of the what I was going through. Yeah, and I decided to say I want to make it a movie, and um, and when I went to everybody that you know, with all the awards that I had, they were like, no, <laughs> so I had to go out and raise money for it, and I did. And we made a great film. I'm really proud of. And uh, unbelievable, unbelievable film. <clears throat> and you did it all on your own. They turned mm -hmm. you. They turned you away. Yes. And but I'm used to you. being turned away. Yeah. But from the very beginning, from Monsters Ball on, they said, "Who did well? Who? Because nobody wanted to see the movie. Who wants to see a movie? An interracial, you know." But isn't that a tremendous, you know, in retrospect, you know, like now with Empire, isn't that a tremendous misunderstanding of 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 the audience? Well, for sure. I, I mean, mean, you know, I yeah, I think that you know, they continue to underestimate the intelligence of the American public. That's not for just, sure. Not just the African American public, but the American public of what it is that is. So it's my job, and it's other, it's it's filmmakers' jobs yeah. to educate. Say. Okay, this is what you're gonna see, right? And define this is what the, you're gonna see. And when you do it your way, you can do that. Yeah, right. Yep. Because I just saw uh, the headline of some article that you know because of franchises, directors are interchangeable. But that's why people like you who do who have artistic freedom and license and and want to push the 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 boundaries, you got to keep making your own movies. Yes. Yeah. And now you can. <laughs> 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 it's like which one that's the question that's the question but i'm excited with my you know with empire and star you know i think that um that and i'm not complaining about tv i shouldn't complain about tv because it really is i'm enjoying telling stories it's much stories. it's a lot more immediate isn't it than than movies in mm -hmm. a way that and you can you can shift and move yeah and, and i mean if you can like if you can assign if people you trust. You got to yeah. hand over your baby to somebody mm -hmm. and pray that the actors know who they like, that they understand who what this vision is. So you got to pray that the that the showrunner knows and the actors remember, and then you're solid. Well, have you been like you, you know coming into that? I mean, how much? Because you got some pretty powerful actors, mm -hmm. and you know when. You, I would imagine after a season, you, you you don't have to ride them too much. No, they get it. <laughs> yeah. I'm good with. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good with both shows. As as a matter of fact, uh -huh. I think yes. I think that they're. I have enormous talent um, on this show. I've been blessed. I've been really blessed. You know, I, as I sit here and I can actually laugh. Yeah. About the homeless joke. Uh -huh. That I'm homeless. Yeah. And yet I started out homeless, and I preferred that homeless. Because that homeless, at least I knew how to dream. I'm dreamed. Yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm shifting my spirits like wherever the couch is. 
And also, we open no. this conversation by talking about how horrible things are in the country mm-hmm. and, and in reaction to that. Mm-hmm. You know, given that you are telling a lot of these stories that you tell, how do you adjust now? Do you adjust? Do you push harder? Do you, do you, are you making adjustments in your mind, given that we are now living in unabashed... Uh, uh, the- I don't, I've learned that... that um, am I allowed to curse? Yeah. I don't give a fuck. That's uh-huh. what I've learned. Uh-huh. That I will say what the fuck I want to say. I will write what the fuck I want to do, because that's exactly what they're doing right now in the White House. Uh-huh. And I think that you... But yeah, I will try to do it with dignity. You know, it only makes me want to, it makes me know that I'm right, that my spirit is right Mm -hmm. and it's clean and that it's from a pure place. And though a lot of, as I said before, a lot of people may not want to hear it. Mm. I'm going to say it. Yeah, you got to. (laughs) You got to. Thanks for talking, man. It was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, man. Okay, that's it. That is it. That's the show. Don't forget to pre-order your copy of Waiting for the Punch and then enter yourself in our podcast fan sweepstakes. Go to markmarinbook.com to pre-order and enter the sweepstakes. Now, I wasn't going to play guitar because I'm sick, but people have been liking the dirty guitar. I'm going to go in the house and uh, I'm going to get my Stratocaster.